0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now listening to the Big Mama Hex podcast.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) Welcome, folks. Tonight, we are sitting down with Cuckoo, the cartoon magician, um, and his alter alter ego is also Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Brandon. So nice to have you.
0: Yes, Clark Kent. (laughs) Brandon is my Clark Kent personality, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Brandon is your Clark Kent, yeah. Your secondary person. Hi.
0: I am Cuckoo. Can you tell? I'm part magician, part cartoon. It's a long story. Well, it's a long tongue. You understand, yes. And you should have seen the look that I had on my face the first time I saw my tongue do that. I couldn't believe my eyes either. I looked something kind of like this. They're still there, right? I felt it in there. Do not try that at home. Try that at work. <laughs> what? No! 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 Never do that anywhere. Any of you, <laughs> especially you, Mrs. Yoder, art teacher. Hmm? You're not above <laughs> the law. <laughs> I know, I'm here. <laughs> I know this is an audio podcast, but oh. <laughs> so, guys, what happened right there was uh, I introduced myself. I stretched my tongue out, and I my eyeballs popped out of my head, and then I shoved my index finger into my right eye socket,
1: <laughs>
0: and. Uh, do not try that at home. Try it in school.
1: Yes, there you go.
0: <laughs>
1: Never do that. Oh, my God. Cuckoo, it's so nice to have you here.
0: Um, you can call me Brandon now. Brandon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We can go Brandon, by the clerk Kent.
1: <laughs> Brandon, it's so nice to have you here. Um, we've been trying to get our schedules aligned for quite a while. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you because we first met, I was doing summer camp at Brookside Montessori School, and I reached out to you to do a magician show for my students. We were studying, I think, the Renaissance. And um, I just really enjoyed our first conversation so much. And I was like, wow, I need to get to know this person more and find out more about their background because um, Brandon went into all the... (laughs) Really wonderful worlds of the the beginnings of magic and how the Renaissance magicians would perform and how I wanted him to tailor his show to what we were learning that week in our in our summer camp, which I thought was really fascinating and cool and really wonderful of you to um, have so much knowledge. It was really cool. I was I was very much taken back and surprised and excited to have you come and perform for us, and then of course. The students really, really enjoyed it and had a great time. You're a wonderful performer, and I can't say enough good things about how much you bring joy to our our family as well and all of our students, especially during this quarantine time. Um, pretty early on, you were doing some live shows, and that was really just giving us all joy in life. So, thank you for doing that. And um, then I ended up teaching your son art at Brookside as well. Your son Sebastian, who is just a joy and one of the most creative spirits that I've ever met in a, in a young little person. So he makes me very joyful. I was really excited to be his art teacher.
0: He says hello, by the way.
1: Oh, I'll tell him I said hello and a big hug. I'm so proud of him.
0: him. <laughs> I asked him, is there anything you'd like me to tell Mrs. Yoder? I'm going to speak to her tonight. And he says, tell her I say hello. Tell her that I'm in the house. And tell her to invite me out to your studio.
1: Oh, so he was trying Yeah, you know,
0: but he meant my studio right now. He was trying to weasel oh. his way out of being in bed right now. That's hilarious. I he wonder if want he's to sitting there
1: you. I wonder if he's sitting there thinking, I wonder what they're talking about. Little Sebastian. His wheels are always turning. I love he's just he's such an interesting little person. I really can't wait to watch him develop and see him grow up and feel the amazing creative things that he will do. Because he just approaches everything from such a creative um framework you know
0: yeah he surprises us all the time i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure i'm inspired to tell a childhood story about myself just because of how much i was gonna
1: ask yes how much i see
0: myself in him
1: (laughs) i figured because kate told me a little bit yes please do
0: um this is just this is a weird one (laughs) i like weird stuff you know that (laughs) i'm going to tell it from the perspective of my mother yeah because Most of my childhood is memories of stories about myself rather than first person. Uh, Same. (laughs) Which, it's funny, on a side tangent, when I did a show, Zoom show for my old high school, at the end they said, (laughs) uh, tell us any memories you have of our school. And all I could remember was just stories of me misbehaving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, ah... Nothing comes to mind. I, I, can't, I wasn't about to tell these middle schoolers, uh, you know. No. An, yeah, I wasn't about to be a bad role model. Uh, at any rate, um, as far as myself and my son, uh, my mother one day was downstairs and she heard my younger brother. Uh, he, let's give some, I'm not a numbers person. I can't even place my age really, but I, he was, you know, maybe yay big. Audio podcast. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, hip height. And I was, you know, uh, maybe uh, ele- he was maybe not elementary. I was elementary, middle school kind of. No, not middle school. I'm going to say in elementary here. You're going to edit this down and make this more streamlined. No problem. We <laughs> got up on the details here. Uh, but she heard him <laughs> screaming, no, no. Uh, she runs up the stairs. She thinks that this child's life is in danger she turns the corner Uh, I want to do visual aids for this I know this is a a podcast I'm a magician this is a very visual medium of what I do Uh, she turns the corner she sees him going no! no! he's in the bathroom I'm standing in the toilet uh, naked wearing goggles so my feet are in the water I'm wearing goggles and I'm saying Flush me down, Chris. Flush me down. And he's going, no. No. (laughs) So, of course, (laughs) that's the scene she walks into. Uh, This is very much actually related to a story you told me about Hunter. You know, kind of. You know what I mean? (laughs) Wondering what the background is behind this. So, it turns out the background behind this story is I had recently watched The Magic School Bus. Mm. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to be flushed down to see the plumbing to go out to maybe the ocean eventually, <laughs> and yeah. see the fish. Um,
1: just that's thinking really of cool, if that though.
0: if that did work, just would a death trap. Uh, putting a child through the plumbing if they did fit, even that's way too much <laughs> underwater time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's where my mind was.
1: <laughs> but that's so incredible to me because you know you were able to think on such a creative level, mm-hmm. and you wonder. I think most kids inherently think that way, mm-hmm. but at what point? does the line between fantasy and reality get really like um, a hard line, you know, because I can see it in my own kids. It was very different for all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting to me. I love that part of watching children grow. And especially when you have a kiddo that still lives in that world, it's really fascinating to see the joy and, and, and even just the imaginative play and, and how much, um, time that can occupy for them and keep them from feeling bored, which is mm. really a great gift, you know? So I love that story. That's so wild. <laughs> it, I just saw a children's book right away, of course, you know,
0: a little cuckoo, gosh.
1: little cuckoo and Chris.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I would
1: love that. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> That's amazing. It's funny that you mentioned about the memories because I have a really hard time with memory, short-term and long-term. And I live the same way where it you know, people will have to remind me of stories and I'll have to remember like visuals or images or photographs that I've seen of myself mm. during that era. I just have a really hard time remembering stuff. And um that's really interesting. But yeah, Sebastian, that's very cool. That that very much reminds me of him and the way he attacks situations and problem solves. It's very cool. And yeah. I was just talking about this with my friend Doug on his podcast about um the ways that my um creative spirit has informed my parenting so I think that's something that I take into teaching too I really always like see that in children that have that mm-hmm. gift and I always really make sure that they know how special they are with that so I was always always gushing over Sebastian all the time <laughs> thank you <laughs> we had a lot of fun and um you know uh, there were some friends some teachers at the school that were a little more rigid than me. And I would just shoo-shoo them and let him do his thing, you know, because I enjoyed watching him, you know, art, especially Montessori is about the process. And I enjoyed watching him just fully immersed in the process and really enjoying all of it. So it was like my favorite student ever. (laughs) He was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. We love seeing
0: uh, the work you made in your class that would come home.
1: Oh, and, cool. Uh,
0: through our email. Uh, yeah. It's cool too. The previews. Yeah. The Art get. Sonia. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I miss teaching in person. I've been doing it virtually um, and it's been challenging, but the kids still seem to like it. And I get goofy, you know, I'm a performer too. <laughs> Just yes. not as funny as you, but <laughs> I'm very silly. Um, we have a lot of fun, but yeah. Um, I loved, I was actually going to ask you about your, your childhood and sort of how, because, you know, Kate and I talked, uh, Kate, your wife, your wonderful mm-hmm. wife, Kate, who's also a really brilliant, talented artist, um, talked a lot about our two little our, our two little boys and how they're how they see the world differently. And she mentioned that you know you have that creative spirit as well. And I wanted to ask you about your childhood and how how do you feel um, how do you feel and informed your path and and your your sort of goal to become. In other words, walk me through the evolution of becoming cuckoo oh from start to it end. A,
0: it's a long road. It's a long road. I, I know. I'll, I'll, if, you can edit it down <laughs> if you need to. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, you know, I guess learning differences or disabilities, whichever you prefer, uh, was early on, you know, um, I started out in public school as one, I guess, at that time would.
1: Yeah, um, indeed.
0: And definitely had ADD. Oddly enough, it was ADD, not ADHD. Despite mm. the antics and stories that yeah. live on, I guess I still was quiet and interest. I mean, like I like to read and stuff still. Uh, so I guess, like you know, if you're super hyper, I guess it would be difficult to sit down and read. So I would do that. Indeed. Um, but um, early on, I was treated as a disciplinary problem even though I wasn't particularly acting up, it was just because I wasn't paying attention and that was in public mm. school and uh, they didn't have what they have today. Right. Right. People. Um, so eventually.
1: Where did I you go up. to school, Brandon? Were you in Philadelphia?
0: Uh, no, it was, well, I lived in Havertown, which is oh, okay. like, you know, you ride a skateboard downhill and then you're in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just like right across the street, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I grew up in lower bucks so I know. Okay. I know what you're talking about.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, so I was in Chatham Park Elementary. Was briefly there. Um, and uh, I went to bench- the benchmark school, which was better for me. It's like kind of a, my school experience just got better and better over time. Nice. As you would expect, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was they, that was a better match for me overall. But I did have, um, you know, I was medicated after that point. So by the time I was in middle school, I actually was like clinically depressed. I had to Mm -hmm. leave for a year. And I don't know whether that was something just based on learning differences and struggling, or if it was a side effect from a medication. Right, right, Um, right. It may have been a side effect from a medication. Um, But a lot of um, my disconnect is either, not necessarily because it was traumatic, it may have just been because mm-hmm. I was medicated uh, mm-hmm. that it's hard True. for me to access memories of my childhood. Um, and I was actually probably at least, I mean, in middle school, I was taking like an, uh, Zoloft, which was like an antidepressant. You
1: know. Yeah, I've, um, I've been on that one.
0: Yeah, okay, there you I go. I know
1: that one well. <laughs> I just remember the commercial.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't remember it actually necessarily having an effect, but I guess, it, you know, whatever um, steps we were taking over time, definitely, you know. Mm-hmm. I was a very happy uh, teenager after middle school, uh, I think.
1: That's a new one.
0: <laughs> I'm a happy adult. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. You're,
1: you're full of joy. Yeah, you radiate yes. joy,
0: for sure. So, you know, it was it was a project. You had to work on all that stuff. Um, and I had a lot of happiness as a child. It's not to say I didn't. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I went to high school. I went to Delaware Valley Friends School, which I mentioned briefly before. And that was I love the best school. match. The best match yeah. uh, ever. I love them. Uh, not to malign any of the schools before, but just, you know. Sure. It's a sliding scale that just keeps going up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, in f- that's where I took, I always was, in, I guess I should backtrack a little bit because we're talking about my progression to where I am now. Um, mm-hmm. My mother was an illustrator before I was born.
1: I didn't um, know that.
0: Yeah. She illustrated that's for like cool. the New York Times, but she was like really, really photorealistic intense illustrations um and her process this is one of my faults too because i think i've picked this up from her is that you put so much into everything that it takes so much time like uh, you've seen actually you're getting one of these my little cuckoo mobile mini models we'll discuss what the cuckoo mobile is later we'll, re- we'll revisit that because i don't want to go too yeah, much I'm on so the tangent excited. um but i put so much work into those i'm like This is not like, it's literally just like a community outreach thing, like reminding people I exist. It's not like money making, (laughs) like spending so much time and energy on these things. It's ridiculous. Um, So you will get yours. Don't worry. Uh, We'll get there. Uh, But yes, but she was put so much into these illustrations. She would stay up all night. Um, She couldn't be a mother and do that. So she had to like retire from Mm. illustration. But I've seen her illustrations and it's just... They're, like, mind-blowing, like, you know, like... That's amazing. This one was, like, a martini glass with a hand and a cigarette, and smoke was coming up, and Humphrey Bogart was, like, in the smoke, and it was, like, all... It was... I can't even... This is a podcast. I have to try to describe something. it. Wow. Yeah. It's intense stuff. So she gave all that up, but um, when she became a mother, but she still had the passion and the ability, and she would teach me to draw, you know, like, this is how you draw, an eye so on and so forth until we were making characters and stuff. And I was really into cartoons then mm-hmm. even. And actually I remember as a child uh, watching cartoons and I don't remember exactly what the conversation was with my mother, but I was like, mom, I guess I was trying to get her to watch with me when she was trying to do stuff. Sure. Now I can relate to that. You know, Oh like, yeah. <laughs> you do this, I get stuff done as a parent. Uh, but then I was, she, her was like, I'm a grown up I don't, I don't want to watch cartoons. I'm like, Mom, when I'm grown up, I'm gonna to want to watch cartoons still. <laughs> and she's like, "Uh-huh." And I'm like, "Now it's like, see that, mom? You see? <laughs> I do a cartoon magic act now. It's all cartoons, twenty-four-seven. Um, but um, that's so. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yes, but she got me in, you know, into drawing. And my cartoon, le- my my drawing level, I'd say I would be into drawing all these monsters and creatures. Um, if you wanted to look for an example, um, you know, the listener of the type of art, um, you know, the, the Ratfink Fink uh, mm-hmm. drawings or um, R- Basil Rathbone is mm-hmm. another guy that makes drawings like those. Or Rob Zombie was actually the one as a kid. I actually looked at Rob Zombie's drawings and I'm nice. really into those. I would do copies of them. And of course, during my depression, dark phase, I was doing all kinds of. Rob Zombie, dark monster drawings, uh, but I was still into the creatures even after, you know, that dark middle school phase. Um, and it's funny because in Delaware Valley Friends School, I, you know, they, we had great art classes there, mm-hmm. and they really nurtured that interest in me. I was uh, doing these creature drawings and stuff a lot of the time. Um, you know, of course, they had other assignments that were not related. We did. Cutting lithograph and mm-hmm. sculpting and etc. Uh, but I um, went to do. Um, I'm giving you like so much information.
1: No, it's very really <laughs> very fascinating. I love hearing uh, these stories.
0: Uh, we did um, outside of school while in high school. I did a um, portfolio building class where you go and mm-hmm. you to do still lifes and uh, figure drawings, and um, I actually went to U Arts for that. Uh, while in high school,
1: oh yeah, uh,
0: you know, not like it wasn't a UR. Student. Yes. It was, you know I, I yeah, yeah, I did that at
1: Moore. Yep, okay. I had that there high school go. program too. Yep,
0: cool. Uh, so yes, I got um, these are all things that helped me in college because I was yeah. exposed to uh, drawing nudes. It's like sometimes people come in and they're like freaked out freshman year, totally. Yeah, draw a nude, and then also being in a friend school where we called all of our teachers by their first name. Yeah, I was the one student that wasn't like. Uh, mister, you know, uh, just call me, you know,
1: <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. all the
0: uh, professors by their names, uh, casually. It was nice. Um, but yes, I made a portfolio mm-hmm. and it's funny because I knew I liked art, but I also went to art school kind of because like, what else was I going to do? Seriously. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so, uh, I went to, uh, Tyler school of art for, uh, to apply with my portfolio Mm -hmm. and the girl I was dating at the time in high school, um, I made this, she had this canvas purse and this was not part of my portfolio, but I had done all these crazy characters and cartoons all over it and uh, Mm -hmm. all kinds of, just the whole purse was just covered it in. She was like out in the car waiting when I went in and I showed them my portfolio, the drawings and everything. And for some reason, (laughs) the guy that was in there, he loved everything. He was giving me too much credit. He was like, Ooh, he was like reading into them, like as if there was like symbolism. He was like, I see what you did there. That is like a halo above the uh, figure. And I'm like, That is a light. That is a light in the room. I'm not saying a darn thing. That's a halo, sir. Yes. Do you like that? Okay. And he's like, We lo- love all of this. You are accepted. Uh, and I'm like, Wait, you gotta see my cartoons. You're gonna cartoons? No, don't show them to me. You might not get <laughs> accepted if you show me your cartoons. I'm like, I just got accepted to an art school. Uh I mean, I could drive around and look at other I cause before this I did look at not art schools, like schools with art programs. Right. And I looked around the rooms. This is I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like judgmental of people that aren't artists. I'm like I don't want to be here. I was just like,
1: no, I hear you. Yeah. I'm,
0: like, I'm in an art school. I'm done looking at schools. I'm in an mm-hmm. art school. <laughs> that was like my finish line. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll show you the cartoons. Uh, and then I later learned <laughs> that they don't have an illustration program at Tyler. <clears throat> yeah. Um, which maybe it's not a bad thing um, in the long run. Um, but uh, yes, so my family, you know, because um, I have some show business in my family. And some art, you know, as my mother. Mm-hmm. My mother is an illustrator. Um, my grandfather works in, like, the business end of show business. He's, like, um, worked – well, he's retired now, but he, he retired, like, 15 times. Uh <laughs> keep bringing him back. Uh, but he um, would work in the stadiums. He would turn from one sporting event to a rock show to an oh. ice hockey thing to basketball. He was the guy that managed – all the people doing all that stuff. And he, I, I, I can't speak too much to what he did, but he invented processes of how to do that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, his nephews are also in show business. Um, yeah, my, um, his nephew, Josh, Josh Ralph, is a, um, he makes documentary soundtracks and he won, he's oh, either wow. nominated or won an Emmy. Is Emmy the right term for that? Uh, Forgive Grammy? My Grammy? No, it's maybe. okay.
1: I think it's a Grammy. No, it yeah. wasn't
0: because it, it was for. Was it music? Film. It was for film. Oh, okay, yeah. The... But it was a music award. I think it was Emmy.
1: Emmys for TV.
0: Okay, so I don't know. Emmy. It was not an Emmy. Oscar? I don't know.
1: Oscar, yeah, or Golden maybe. Globe, maybe. I don't know. It was some kind of. I suck um, at this too. Yeah. He got
0: a. He was either nominated. He got a medal for thing. that. Yeah, he's friends with Bono, <laughs> uh, Sting. Nice. You know, that, he's, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in show business. <laughs> he's That's successful really cool. in show business, uh, and um, his brother Brandon Ralph. He created a web design company called Code and Theory. Uh, he sold it off, and is like, basically, he's retired. But he does other. He's in other businesses now, and. They're both friends with, like, I think Lenny Kravitz is responsible for him meeting his wife. I don't even know. Wow. They live in another world. That's <laughs> uh, but so it's pretty cool. cool. I know. It's yeah, that's that's a high really bar. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the small business end of show business where I run a small yeah. business. Um, but at any rate, um, hopefully, you've been keeping track of the, <laughs> the scope of why I started talking about. Why they show business no. in my family? Oh, I know what this is. Yes, I, I got this. I've got this. Um, because when I went to art school, because <laughs> I just went right down
1: the rabbit hole with you, searching yes, about you're all over Lenny Kravitz right. and Jason Momoa. Yes, I'm like, wait, I'm being gone.
0: recorded. We can rewind this later. Uh, no, but I know where we were. I know where we were. Uh, it's because uh, my grandfather, who is in the business end of show business, he's like, okay, he's going into graphic design if he's in art school. Mm. My right. mom is like, he's going to art school, but it's graphic design. Don't worry. Graphic design. I'm like, yeah, uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I did take a graphic design class, and I learned how to use Photoshop uh, enough that in the way that I use it now, to get me as far as I never, once again, it's like, I can do things for myself. I can edit videos, um, you know, design graphics, et- I can't even go through the whole list i do so much for myself but i would never mm-hmm. be able with the amount of time that it takes me to do these things i couldn't do it for sure it for right, right um but when it came time to choose a major <laughs> i was uh i had done this is what's good about tyler they have these introduction classes where you get to do 2d and 3d and learn about like your strengths and stuff and yeah. um i had done Already at that point before I chose chosen a major, I was already into like doing robotic interactive stuff. Like I was oh, taking apart wow. toys and um, ripping the guts out so that, um, <laughs> you know, the CVS robots that have like the toys yeah. that have the robot inside. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll take the robot out and then I'll put the doll on the outside. And I made this piece. for This is an example of something the freshman year. I took this um, two dolls. One was a fox. One was a dog. And they play Valentine's Day songs. And I attached a butcher knife. To the fox, his hands, and the, the, no, excuse me, the dog's hands, and the fox was on the ground like this, and I put him on a rocker, and they played two different love songs at once, <laughs> and the dog was hanging over the fox, rocking oh back and God. forth, and I moved the lights uh, from the fox's cheeks that were turned red, and I put him where her heart was, where the knife was going. So it was like uh, one song was, they called it puppy Love. <laughs> What the other song was. But it was like this two songs that sounded very discordant. I'm describing the piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe I'll find a video. I don't know if it exists. I'll send you the DVD. Um but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's an example of you know something I'd done before that point. So I was really into this. Um, you know, as an art form, sculpture now at this point. Yeah. I wasn't gonna do graphic design. I had an elective where I could do some illustration, but it wasn't gonna be a major. So Mm -hmm. I did, I ended up uh, to some resistance, choosing sculpture as my major. And I believe, I'm not sure if I actually did have art history as a minor, but it definitely sculpture. Just don't wow. ask me any art history questions is what I'm trying to tell
1: no, you. No, me neither. No, forget
0: <laughs> it. I, might I actually have went on to Tyler diploma. too.
1: Yes. I think we might have been there at the same time. I don't know. I was there 2007 to
0: 2011. Uh, yeah. Um, I remember the Trojan
1: horse. I remember Okay.
0: That. Yeah, because I, I was involved that. in that.
1: I know you were. Did you
0: see Wee Wally Wonk? I don't know. The robot? The giant robot? Wee Wally Wonk 219? I
1: might have. I, I really don't it's remember. The giant gray much, robot. Brandon.
0: Oh, my gosh. We have to – I'm not sure if describing this is good enough for the podcast <laughs> listeners, but this I'm. This I can is so insert awesome. a
1: photo. I can totally okay, insert okay. a
0: photo. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can insert a photo, but I'll do try to keep this brief because I know I'm long. Please.
1: <laughs> no, please describe. This is fun.
0: <laughs> please keep it brief. <laughs> uh okay okay uh we wally wong 219 so we had this is um karen olivier first of all i should credit ian burns as my main influence my main professor you look up his work listeners ian burns he's out of australia and new york he goes back and forth his interactive uh robotic pieces are epic they're just great uh so look that up um but karen olivier's class was whose i was in she's also a great artist installation artist um, and she, this class that we were in, her thing was that all the students would do a 24 hour project. That means all nighter, all of us together using dangerous machinery at all hours, uh, you know, welding, and, I love cutting and <laughs> we come up with an idea and we execute it, this group project in 24 hours. So that meant creating – we had all these different ideas. I think that Trojan Horses was actually a similar type project where it was – we made all these Trojan Horses in 24 hours. And actually, I'm not sure if I was in the Trojan Horse thing. People keep – people have credited me with it so much that I'm beginning to believe it was my class. It's an
1: invented story,
0: I believe Karen Olivier still was attached to that too. But this was following the Trojan Horses, I believe – Uh, Which were awesome, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You can describe that in the show. I don't know. We can describe that briefly. It was like, it wasn't just that there were these Trojan horses. It was like, um, we made these giant cardboard Trojan horses. I say we as in we, sports team we, Tyler, students. (laughs) Um, And inside the, taped to it. No, it was strapped to the horse. was a call to action for Mm -hmm. there to be like an art war. So Mm -hmm. we went into these. Other art schools, including, I think, Moore and all the other Philadelphia art schools uh, with these giant horses and put them in their lobbies, just, you know,
1: That's amazing. <laughs> I passed
0: security just made it happen. <laughs> um, and uh, it was a call to action to create like this whole mm-hmm. dialogue between different art schools and they different ones drop things off to. um so that was a cool thing. It created this dialogue between different schools. And um, yeah. I think uh, at least one or two schools actually did drop off things in our school. Some of them did online presences, call and mm-hmm. response in that way. Uh, but we wonk, we wanted to do something that reached out into the community. Mm. And the name Wee Wally Wonk came later. Um, <laughs> we went through all these different ideas. And then I'm like, this became my project. So as much <laughs> as I was not involved in that one, that group project... I'm almost embarrassed to admit that, like, I took over this project. (laughs) like, We are making a robot, a giant puppet robot. And like, but wait, how are we going to do this? And we welded this frame. It was like a giant square snowman. So picture a snowman in the sense that it's three layers, but everything was square. Okay. So we welded the, Mm -hmm. the frames and then it still had a cardboard outside. But it this was made so that an entire class of students would inhabit it. They'd be inside it, operating all these things uh like a giant puppet, but with like not just a mouth and hands moving it was like an elaborate thing we had in the bottom level, there was a monitor that uh I put all these switches in, I had a live camera as one switch or you click to different this this is dating this it had d v d players in it yeah, and I hit. They'd just be running different (laughs) videos, and I click these buttons that would switch to different DVD players, and they'd play on the monitor. So um, different, you know, films, art pieces of someone painted their face silver, and it's like this mouth with sound effects, uh, heart beating like uh, all different things. And then on beneath the screen was a tray, and we had these signs behind them that said dispensing, and I would dispense things through it where the robot would dispense like gifts for people and they had clamp lights in there you click a clamp light between which one was being activated so one was dispensing there was some second one and then the third one was popping and we had an air popper it, oh. it, very much pre-covid wow. uh, We had a, um, an air popper so we were like and like wait wait uh, one minute uh, and i had one of those um novelty voice changers i was in the middle section like, as I said, I took over this thing. I was inside. I was doing the voice of the robot. Wow. Uh, but I was also speaking through, like, a voice changer. Like, Wee Wally Wonk 219, welcome <laughs> to Wee Wally Wonk. Um, we also had um system overloads <laughs> built in, and I had um his head had spiral eyes and a big trap mouth that you could, like, go like this with. And I actually – we had a big bag of fluff, like uh, stuffed animal stuffing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: think Yeah. No. <laughs> some marshmallow no, fluff. Not fluff
0: or nutter. No. <laughs> that would be, we did have stuff, though, like food items and stuff that were going out. Um, and we parked this – by the way, to give some context of where the performance was, we went to the Philadelphia Art Museum, just showed up wow. <laughs> on the steps, at the steps, because this thing was huge. We weren't going to get it up the art museum steps. But we did – bring hundreds of feet of extension cord and we did plug into the art museum's uh outlet to power this thing i will say that (laughs) once again unannounced just showed up Uh, we did announce it to the news the news came and covered it and all that stuff oh wow and uh so you can actually you can look up the clip um giant robot art museum steps i forget which news covered it um but there were different things where we like do a system overload i had these arms Oh yeah, there's a bunch of arms. People would put their arms through, and we had um, metal ducts. They put their arms through the metal duct, and they'd wear rubber gloves at the end of them. So they're all these, they're always there hanging. But then people could insert from inside, insert their hands and They, they, they had plungers. Wow. I remember, one of them just held a plunger, and it, like when someone would walk up, it would like plunge their head. And <laughs> there are so many little details. I, I'm not going to cover all of them, um, but. It was the news didn't cover all the details. They did this this weird little actually in fact also look up Karen Olivier uh, Robot Art Museum because she actually has better footage on YouTube. okay. Uh, the the way the news covered this was <laughs> they made it so awkward the way they cut the, the, the stuff, which it's worth seeing too, just for kicks because it's hilarious. But uh yeah, when there was a system overload, uh we would press all the buttons at once so the screen would go and I would turn the um speaker so go and then all the foam would go out of his mouth and his eyes we'd turn some so would be up in the head turning the eyes so the spirals would be spinning and the arms would be shrinking up and down going out and foam would be falling out <laughs> you guys will see the footage but that's that's wow. the uh that's the the basic description the long-winded basic description oh, of Wally okay. Wonk 219 and it's funny i'll tell you how the name came uh just to make this full circle so you can have some closure on this. Uh, when we were working on the project, one of the groundskeepers came in and he's like, So all the hands, because I never actually saw the new Willy Wonka uh, film.
1: Yeah, but it's apparently super there's a bunch crazy. of hands
0: doing stuff in it. And um, he's like, Oh, that's like Wally Wonk. I'm like, Wally Wonk? <laughs> uh, I'm like, Oh, okay, because Willy Wonka is he talking about. So he's, I guess it right. was uh, Wee Willy Winky. Just your whole story. So you may have tried it to stop me in the middle of that story. And I didn't no, know. I was,
1: I was enjoying talking. it. You know what? Not at all. I was looking up okay. your professor. It just oh, reminded me of the the magic of art school, you know, and and yes. I long for that. I miss it a lot. So uh, that's really, really cool. Well,
0: I have a question I, no, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Was your Tyler experience entirely at the new campus or is it also at the old campus?
1: It was a mashup. So we okay. we transitioned during my time. Yeah, and and you know I started at um, it's funny because your portfolio experience is so different than mine. I went to Pratt. I wanted to go to Pratt so bad. I thought I was going to be in New York, and it was a really grueling process. And now that I look back at it, I'm like that was so lame. Like they were really, you know, I didn't go to a great school with great art classes. Mm-hmm. It was it was not great. My portfolio was really kind of haggard, and I ended up at Tyler after going to Drexel and then moving to Baltimore and then going to Bucks Community College. Then I ended up at Tyler. So. That was my my way to get there, but I loved it so much. And then I went, of course, to grad school at Cooktown, but Tyler's got my heart forever. But yeah, I was on the old campus for a little bit. Were you guys? I guess you were too, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, It was amazing there. Kate was only at the old campus. I did it five years. So I spent like, not quite equal time, but I got like three years at least at the old campus and like a full, maybe even a full two years at the new one. So oh wow! I got to really bridge. I got like a full art school experience at like yeah, because it was so different. different, different oh yeah, yeah,
1: for sure, for sure.
0: And I will say, uh, she was a glassblower, so she had like the grassroots mm-hmm. punk rock, like badass garage glassblowing experience. Yeah, uh, their their glass at the new one is an epic state of the art. That's
1: what thing. I've heard. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, I don't think she regrets. Uh, you know, first of all, not to get too much into the politics of Tyler, but. Yeah. Uh, we are disappointed that um, mm-hmm. they went against the founder of the school mm-hmm. that the property that it was on was, it was in their will that that was going to be forever an art school. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The yes, Art of Steel or
1: whatever, right? Isn't it the documentary uh, Art of Steel? Yeah, the Barnes uh, as
0: well. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And that's, has that actually completely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the old building is used anymore, but I had visited the new one as an art teacher. We did a um, professional development there, and it was hard. Bars, it was hard to be there.
0: <laughs> what town was that in again? Was it? in... Oh my gosh, Marion. Wow,
1: my memory's working now for you.
0: Yeah, there
1: you go. You <laughs> jolted you. it all with I'm that story.
0: Is, is <laughs> you uh, activated my memory. Good, good. Marion, yeah. because uh, that was local to me growing up. That's like the main line, which I was... Yeah. I was between the main line and Philly. I was nestled right between the two. Um, right. Yeah, so I'm sure I've been to the Barnes.
1: Oh, um, yeah, it's a, it was incredible. It was neat. Yeah. It was neat how he... Um, how he displayed his collection. It was really cool. Plus I'm a huge Matisse fan, so he's got a great collection of Matisse. So that was really neat. No, I love those old stories because I'll just never forget I had this professor intellectual something it was called where we had to learn about philosophy. Yeah, and it was on the old campus and he was so angry. He had taught a long time at Tyler that they were moving and he was like he had an accent, I don't know. I don't I I don't want to offend his honor, but he said it has no soul. It had no soul and it was just very profound and sad but you know i mean i understood um
0: Wait, what was he
1: referring to i kind of oh, um mean, moving to the new the new building right. had no soul gotcha. yeah. yes i mean yeah. i don't know i understand you know as a teacher in philadelphia i understand you know people being able to have um access but there was also something very special about that campus yeah for I sure mean i mean to, uh,
0: accuse them of motivations but i feel like a lot of it just has to do with financial backers and want sure. to look attractive to um, no for sure. Benefactors who are not necessarily yep. artists. Uh they just want to know that it's streamlined and sleek looking and, Yeah, uh, and the
1: colors were really off putting for me.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't or like people it. had to display their art or I, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did.
1: In the green wall. It was awful. Yeah. I guess it was called Senior's Show or something. I don't know. It was bad. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is really Something now, else, that's green. <laughs> no,
0: uh, obviously – well, actually, not obviously. You're, were you were – you – you were obviously 2D, your major. I was
1: art ed, BS. Okay. Very BS art ed. Okay.
0: Emphasis <laughs> on BS? <laughs>
1: yeah, because you could do um two tracks. You could do fine art BS. And mine was because of sort of what your grandfather said. You know, I needed to make sure that I had, like, security. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I was really into painting and drawing. And I had my best professors there.
0: So so was um, your BS uh, is Bachelor in Sculpture?
1: No, Bachelor of Science. I'm sorry. In art Bachelor of bed. Science. Oh, yeah, I see, I'm I see, so I see. sorry. No, I'm one of those weirdest that's not actually the art student.
0: You're like a, um, a the, like when we were at the old campus, you wouldn't have been in the same. Well, no, maybe for some classes you would have come. Yeah. Over.
1: I mean, we basically followed the same track. It's just the fine art, art teacher's would actually go a little longer and then have a concentration in something very
0: specific. Would you have, you would have a different set of professors though. Is what I mean for your art classes or no?
1: No. Um, I don't think so. Like I had Neil Kosh. Did you have him?
0: But also I was mostly sculpture. Sure. Uh, right. Had, yeah. yeah. But, um, should, should I go through a list of names on a podcast? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Donna Nielsen. Painter. Um, was his no. oh my gosh David Noyce was my uh, he was the illustrator dude
1: oh wow so
0: illustration was not a major but right um, he was it part
1: of graphic design kind of that's how they usually I, slump opinion, them together
0: but like you, yeah. could, as a non graphic design person you could take it as an elective and he's oh, a really nice. great illustrator really cool stuff um, that's so cool um, and just trying to think of like The two D P. Oh, what's her name? Um, From (laughs) so sorry, listeners. Uh, (laughs) This is this is a box that I opened that I knew I shouldn't open. A list of people that uh, of names that I haven't thought of in a while. Um, But uh, oh, if Katie were here, she would be able to tell me what this was. was, She went to uh, Temple Rome a lot. Uh, I'm just trying to go through painting people because then you might know them. That's okay. We're going to abandon this, this,
1: this. Yeah, no, you'll have to let me know later, though, because I'm interested. But yeah, we probably did have different
0: professors, actually. There was one um, noise machine that I made because, you know, once I got into the sculpture, we haven't even talked about the sculptures that I made. Yeah. I mean, I guess we did. We Wally Wonk was a group project. Um, but I made all these wacky machines. And actually, there is a video on my YouTube channel. Oh, cool. YouTube.com slash cuckoo magic. K-O-O. K-O-O-M-A-G-I-C for the listeners. I don't know if that helps them find it if I do it in that voice. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's a weird sound machine. It's like pretty far down on the – I have like, I don't know, 60-something YouTube videos on there. Um, But weird sound machine, that's the sound machine. Actually, that footage was taken at Tyler. I uploaded it to my YouTube YouTube channel just for kicks. Um, And that was installed in the hallway. And I remember, I wish I could remember which uh, painting professor, what his name was, but he came through and he he was just like, whoa, yikes. Like, what is this sound? Like, this is just so unpleasant. And it was, it was was definitely a jarring sound. It was like, um, it was all, I think one motor was making all the movements that made the sounds. Um, There was a, a rubber mallet that a cam would hit and it would honk a bulb horn, like, like you know, an old-fashioned taxi horn. Um, Harpo Mark's horn, for those of you that know. The Marks oh, brothers. I see it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, there was a bow and a bow, like a violin bow and an archer's right. bow. And there's a string oh. across that with a, a microphone and it'll go... and drag across that. So we have the honking, we have that, we have... Uh, one of those things you turn over the toys that go, you know, the moo toys, uh, you know, everyone will watch this and get all the sounds. There's just so many sounds, the bells ringing and slide thingies going and you'll see. Uh, it, it's very, it's not, it, it's not pleasant to actually have to hear in the hallway. Uh, <laughs> that's wild. Room. I'm looking
1: at the video now. It's very, very cool. <laughs> Boy, do I miss art school? Yeah, yeah, no, I had a bunch, like I had printmaking and stuff. I had Richard Rico. He was a big, okay. Big uh, influence. Laura
0: Rico was also, his daughter was one of my classmates. Oh, nice. Uh, really one of Katie's classmates, but uh, yeah, sculpture, we were together. But she was her year, my uh, major, I think. I think she was.
1: Yeah. He was incredible. And then I had like community arts and stuff, and those were like my people. I loved them. I had a really great um, installation artist, Pepona Sorio. But yeah, I love this. Um, Hunter, my husband, was really into performance art when he was Mm -hmm. in college, which was a lot earlier than us. And uh,
0: I've seen some of his
1: videos. It's it's really cool. Yeah, performance art
0: is really cool. That's actually that. I neglected to even mention that because this long story that I've told this whole time, (laughs) (laughs) uh, what set it off was you asking what led to what I do now. So I was making robotic stuff, but I was also doing performance art then uh you know so that also translated over to it. so i was already before i even graduated and was thrust out into the world i was already uh, accustomed to doing like performances in front of audiences and um, the things i did in art school were much weirder believe it or not uh people that already know my act (laughs) much weirder uh than uh what i'm doing now but that's tyler they were very um concept heavy they they're yeah. interested in pushing those boundaries and doing um odd things so sculpture by the way uh by now people have probably figured it out it does not mean chiseling a marble bust right. or um you know making something out of clay uh, necessarily because there is also a ceramics uh, department which is totally different um but yes uh, i was doing performance art too yeah thank you for reminding yeah me.
1: and then yeah, and you know what? I wanted to ask you, and I actually have a couple notes, which I'm glad. I actually really, you know, that's a loaded question. Like, tell me how you got here from, like, <laughs> point A to point B. But um, I, I remember seeing a clip. I guess you shared it maybe on your on your uh, Instagram or something. of You and I think it was Kate doing Crown Performance. Is that yes. right? And that was in college, right?
0: That time-wise that was in college, location-wise that was in college, it was just independent. Uh, you know, Just for fun, for
1: yeah. For she and
0: I, yeah. We uh, rent, we, well, it, that was at the new campus and you had to at that time um, sign up for time in that studio. So I, I signed up for time to use the studio uh, and we filmed a clown skit in there, uh, which... Where can people find that? Is that just on? That's probably on Facebook and Instagram. I
1: think you mean? shared it on Instagram. Yeah, I oh, forget. Oh, actually,
0: uh, it is on YouTube, just not as one of my posts. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll have to. If you want that link later, we'll give it to you. For
1: yeah, that. send me the link because I love that. That was really cool, and and I have to be honest, full disclosure, I'm terrified of clowns.
0: Oh, okay. Were you terrified <laughs> of those terrified? Plants? No, that's oh, what okay, I'm saying.
1: You. Congratulations, right. it's really big. It really <laughs> got me through. It was like that exposure therapy I needed. And actually, I mean, I used to good. run and hide, like legit. <laughs> to really spare
0: you, afraid um, to spare both of us having to <laughs> find the link and put it in the show notes. Necessarily, I just remembered the title. Uh, yeah. There's two of them. Uh, there's take one and take two on YouTube. It's sweet potato, uh, the clown. It's maybe sweet potato and Wacko. I think it was like the Animaniacs Wacko, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. clown skit. And then oh, you can write fine. take one, take two, and there's two takes. Uh, that you can watch Yeah, I really like that
1: I don't know how I knew that it was Kate. maybe you had posted it oh it's really cool okay cool I'm going to definitely link that um, what else did I have here oh please tell us about your car so so okay. fast forward and, and you've become cuckoo about when did that persona take take on a life of its own for you
0: right well I I could do this continue to be long winded but I don't want to keep you no. <laughs> because <No. laughs> I can bridge the gap Um which you can actually no, see in other t- interviews. You can actually see this in other interviews. I've done. I've done this part of the story like twice.
1: I'm not trying interviews. to like hurry you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> because I have a really. I, I really want to get into the. Um, yes, because you well, we
0: can't skip the Cuckoo Mobile. The Cuckoo Mobile no, is more famous can't. than Cuckoo is. Um, so you well, can't just, skip that.
1: I was able to find your old house just driving through Potsdam. I was like, oh my gosh! And then your new house seems right. seems well. Actually, I saw the hex sign first.
0: Yes. Oh, did you first? That's impressive.
1: Yeah, that was cool. That was cool.
0: <laughs> That's great, because you know something's so, rapping on
1: my window. <laughs> Listen, Raven, leave me alone, okay? I'm the cast of the ghost. Right Let me
0: in. <laughs> I will commit no sin. Uh, okay. Um. So yes, Kookamobil. Well, we can. I'll do the f- super fast thing. Go out of art school. Katie gets. We we have to get jobs. <laughs> uh, uh, an art school degree. <laughs> Much like a clown degree, you set me up for a good segue here. We'll we'll do a callback and then use that callback to make a segue. Here it is. Um, Clown school and art school have something in common, which is that they are, they will get you nothing. Nothing will be handed to you for your degree. So you have to create your own life. Uh, Because even if you want to, even if you want to go to Ringling, you have to get accepted despite Mm -hmm. of, because, you know, um. I'll just mention that Katie and I, we went to a clown camp together. She attended. I stayed in the oh. hotel. I learned stuff uh, from that. Uh, but that—that that what you learn there is just you're just getting the skills, just like art school. Sure, um, sure. So we had to go out, and initially we had to what we had to do is find jobs so that we could save money while we figure out how to do creative things. And you know, so basically, this is when we would have a bunch of side hustles going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we both got jobs in the mall, also. So she was working in a store called Rare Earth in the King of Prussia Mall, which is no longer. I was going
1: to ask sadly. which mall. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived. Uh, actually, this is what we did. Uh, we stayed in my parents' basement. Hmm. We oh, got I, saw the, I
1: saw the Christmas <laughs> <laughs> video. It was yeah. so sweet.
0: Uh, so this is, um, you know, we were very privileged to be able to stay in a basement and just make money. And yeah. live off of like, you know, we went to Produce Junction for everything mm-hmm. and it was dirt cheap. Um, and we would just save money and live in the basement. And we would also be doing, because um, there's, I don't know how to call back to this and thread it in, but I was also doing, um I worked at a raw vegan um cafe. When I was in college. I was
1: going to ask you, yeah.
0: Because I would just, I don't know why, it's really strange. I've been drawn, I just did veganism for kicks. I was just attracted to it. It was not about not specifically about animals, or Mm -hmm. I didn't have a specific health remedy. I was just Mm -hmm. like, I like it. I don't don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't even explain it. And then, of course, later, after being so invested in having spent so much time being vegan, it's easy. To be compassionate uh, for the animals, and it's easy, uh, you know, to care about other health things, other things that are helpful, uh, just Mm -hmm. because it becomes part of you, basically. Um, But yeah, I'm just curious. Yes,
1: really quick. Do you feel like it was initially kind of like the challenge was exciting, you know, because it's kind of challenging. Let
0: me put it this way: because I still have (laughs) the look that people prejudge me on; they think I'm still this. I went. I liked veganism. I watched Mm -hmm. uh, a movie called "Go Further" by Woody Harrelson uh, about he he did a raw vegan bicycle Mm -hmm. trip, um, and throughout he had all these jam bands come on and stuff, and I was Mm -hmm. like, "Oh, I like this vegan thing. All this other stuff must be great too. I love it." (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, over time, I learned I started dropping all the other hippie stuff. And now mm. I have long hair, a beard, I'm a vegan, and I'm not really into the jam bands or any of the other stuff at all. Um, it's just really veganism and long hair. <laughs> um, everything else, I'm like, eh. I'm like, these mm. people, I went to like some of the concerts, I'm like, these people don't care about veganism. What am <laughs> what I doing here? <laughs> like, maybe five of them do. <laughs> I won't even get into in case some of the children fans are listening, you know, just what they were into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like all I hear they really you. cared about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, so, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm not into the hippie thing. Um, but I like veganism, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was one of our side hustles. We would do an actual, well, first of all, in college, we were already doing all these other things, you know, teaching classes, how to make raw vegan food. Because um, I, I didn't even just start in that raw vegan thing. There's a whole history there, but that's unrelated to being a magician. So I won't give you that whole history. (laughs) We don't need to bridge that gap. Um, but then also while in my parents' basement, I was, um, she and I were making a mail order raw vegan food thing. So we would actually make like, we had, um, I don't even have to give all the examples, but we'd make like frozen desserts that we would send out and chocolates and all these things. And we would send those out and We were ordering, you know, she was already also making art and selling it still from there Mm -hmm. and like crafts though, you know. And I think she was still also renting time at um, Glass Studios and making glass. So these were just some of our side hustles we had going on then. Um, And we would package all the stuff and send it out, ship it and all that. Uh, But then also in the mall, we were there. I had Mm -hmm. already started – Backtracking again, in college even, while doing performance art, I was actually on the forums online of performers, learning about people that perform for a living. So I was already trying to, I was working on my exit strategy, I guess, subliminally. I didn't know, I didn't quite know why I was on these forums. Maybe it's because I was intrigued by Katie's interest in clowning. Maybe that ignited Mm -hmm. it. Um, right. But regardless, I was looking at looking up skills. I was learning how to balance things on my face. I was learning how to uh, juggle. I was learning um, how to script shows mm. and market them and all that stuff. Uh, so then by the time we're at the mall, um, she was, as I said, in Rare Earth, I was got a job at a kiosk. Literally, a kiosk. It was selling keys. Oh, it was
1: selling keys.
0: Yes. <laughs> um and so i was there you know you have at this you sit at a computer you have a Mm -hmm. grinder thing you cut keys on Mm -hmm. i still have a callus on this one finger for where i would let the brush the wire brush after you cut the key you put on the brush and you let it kind of bevel it out and everything yeah yeah Have that callus there um and uh we also have novelty keys so i actually was doing using my graphic design i would like make custom keys for people and Print designs on them and stuff. Oh, that's Um, cute. But also during the downtime, I was on these forums still, still Mm -hmm. learning. Like I was learning about restaurant magic. Then I was learning like how to market yourself to restaurants and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And then, um, actually, I picked up just because it was so boring. I went to Five Below and I got. This is basically the whole idea here. I'll give you. I know this is audio, but this is for Rachel. (laughs) I would say to someone. I would drop a dollar on the ground. I was also buy an ATM, by the way, the kiosk. and would say, um, is that your dollar on the ground? And they'd say, oh, yes, that's mine. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you liar. You liar. Uh, people, uh, the dollar, for everyone listening, I used what was called a dollar snatcher. It's basically a real, I got it at Five Below. This is one that I've customized into an Acme uh, cartoon magnet. Uh, for Rachel's sake, she can see it. <laughs> she can put in a picture later. Um, <laughs> you can have a whole collage of pictures that put up on the <laughs> thumbnail for this podcast. Um, uh, but then some people, because I didn't have a whole magnet, you'd have the reel in your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't see that string because it's gone before they even know it was there. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, that's a magic trick to these people. And yeah, like, yeah. Show me something else. <laughs> Uh huh. I guess I've been studying this on all the forums and stuff. Uh, okay, and then I started, um, you know, learning more and more magic, more things to perform, and eventually it got to the point because this uh, kiosk was not just next to a uh, ATM; it was also across from the food court. So I would draw crowds at a key kiosk uh, uh, performing, and then I'd be like. I don't need any tips or anything, but I am here selling keys, <laughs> you know, and I sell keys and stuff. Uh, unfortunately, from uh, the owner of the key store, he loved that, by the way, he was all into it. The, oh, our, cool. The second employee we learned, uh, I won't name any names. Um, I will name his name, Santosh. She was great, this Indian fellow, Santosh. Uh, but the uh, our other employee, she would apparently, unbeknownst to me, I learned this when we shut down. She would <laughs> turn the machine on, boot up the thing, stand up, walk away, go into a store,
1: mm-hmm.
0: browse, maybe buy something, walk out into the hallway, maybe go further down to another store. Maybe she would stop and look at the mall directory to see if there's something that more suited her shopping needs, uh, get on an elevator, go up and down, Uh, you know, who knows what she was doing? She was not even there. Uh, So despite me increasing some sales, it was not enough uh, to make up for her literally clocking in and walking away, sadly. Um, But what I will tell you is that I was like scouted doing some of these things by Toys R Us. So um, I was at this point told that the kiosk was going to shut down. Mm -hmm. And this guy from Toys R Us came up and he's like, I see what you do. I see how you interact with these people. We want you at Toys R Us. We are opening a kiosk right here, right next to this kiosk. I want you to manage this kiosk. And I'm like, when do I have to start? He's like, Next week, I'm like, but no, this guy—he's on his last two months. He's got to recoup here. He's going out of business. I can't do that. And he's like, hmm, this disappoints me. Uh, so they made me a because I couldn't. The manager has to start. You know what I mean? They have to be there at the opening of the thing. Uh, so they made me a supervisor, uh, so I could start later. So there is a period of time of weeks where the people I would later be supervising were watching me from 10 feet away be a wacko, making, you know, at this point, I had already developed um, stretching a tongue. Uh, I won't go too much into the background of it because it's a reveal, but I was inspired by something I saw in a thrift store, and um, it it sparked that in me. And I later, while in the kiosk, you know, researching, like, does this exist? Came upon another cartoon magician. Uh, his name is Sylvester the Jester, and he's actually retired right now. I think he has some health issues. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I was really inspired by him. So I, I took from him a little bit, you know, some of the inspiration, some of the handling of things. But I try to distance myself as much as I can because I want to have my own act um, right. in different handling. But um, he also has a tongue. Uh, Very similar to what I do. Uh, So I can't call it parallel thinking because it was was in the 90s that he came up with it, uh, remarkably. Um, But yeah, so they saw me. They were looking at this guy stretching a tongue, popping out eyes, juggling, uh, kids coming up, you know, just doing weird antics. Um, Even at that time, I actually had uh, this bit that's in my birthday show now where a mousetrap gets my finger. And what it is, is it's a snapper, like uh, the ones where you pull. No. I never found these again. The ones that are this loud. So the one on my show is not quite as loud as that one was. Uh, there's this one fluke. I forget what it came with. It came with like I don't even know. But I pulled it. it a bomb went off in the King of Prussia Mall practically, like audio wise. Wow. It wasn't like any yeah, damage, yeah. but sure, it was right. like I was doing my bit where I was supposed to reach in, a loud bang comes out. and I come out with a mousetrap on my finger. I reach in. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't wake your children. It's in your ear pod, I know. <laughs> uh, and everything stopped. You know, there was oh, smoke yeah. coming out of the drawer of the kiosk that I was reaching into. Oh, and they come out with this mousetrap, like, looking around, like, hey, hey. Because <laughs> I'm supposed to do, like, this double take. Like I don't even know there's a mousetrap on my finger yet, but... <laughs> The bit changed that day for that time. That is Uh, I'm not sure if that was while Toys R Us was there, but just all kinds of crazy things. Um, I'm glad I remembered that one because that's a good antic from that. I have to reset the sound effects so we don't go into something. An hour has passed since the last sound effect. That's a little behind the curtain on how I organize my sounds these days.
1: Oh, really? Uh, (laughs) See, there's so much behind the scenes that I don't even realize. It's evolved.
0: Um, It used to not be like that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's all that's all chris right
0: no 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 that's not chris That's no, I'm stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't you we, we can if we get to zoom shows we can talk about chris because i owe him a lot um to yeah my brother chris
1: yeah um, and actually um i wanted to ask you um how people can support you uh you okay. know i know it's been really difficult during covid yes. because you're a performer just like we're vendors it's been really challenging and i know you you're developing something exciting if you'd like to talk about that
0: I, well, I should actually. Um, I'll yeah. do a super quick summary. Uh, I went from that job to working in restaurants. Blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. That was my day job. You can usually see me at Applebee's. Um, yeah. Audubon. Are you Are well, you currently do doing that again? Are I, you doing it again? We've never said I'm not with them, but I'm not okay. there. You know. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. I'm working on, I'll I'll. I'll I'll talk about how I'm trying to bridge this, uh, but just explain to people what the normal schedule is in case they're listening, in case everything does resume to be exactly as it was before. uh, In case they're listening in the future. Exactly. For the future listeners. uh, Typically, in the past, non-COVID, I am on Monday nights at Applebee's Exeter PA from 6 to 8 p.m., Applebee's Audubon PA, Tuesdays from 6 to 8 p.m., and uh, Applebee's Pottstown on Thursday nights, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, and that's free magic at your table side, typically from, as I said, 6 to 8 p.m. Now, right now, um, I'm doing, actually this weekend, I am doing a socially distanced in-person show. Oh, wow. I thought I was only doing Zoom for the next few months, but that just, I guess I'm doing that now too, again. Uh, wow. But most of what I'm doing is Zoom shows. Um, mm-hmm. So shows over Zoom. And my brother, Chris, is a, he's in the, a band called The Super Weeks. The video game I did the voiceover for the trailer for. You guys can look that up. Uh, you can follow the Super Weeks on uh, Instagram and follow Cuckoo Magic on Instagram. Yes. Um, um, but what I'm working on now is first I'm fine-tuning that show before I get to do this. But what I hope to do is make a Zoom hangout we can I can then pitch to Applebee's that you guys will all come to. All you have to do is get some takeout from Applebee's. And ask for the Zoom ID and code for that week. And then during those times that I would normally be in the restaurant, you can uh, eat your takeout and be a part of those more um, off-the-cuff Zoom shows. Which, as you saw, we do the joke portion, all that stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, I loved it. It was so much fun. Uh,
0: I'm going to try to make the Applebee's Zoom things more like that. And uh, there will be a free one I guess you still will be buying... is going to be free to Applebee's, basically, is what I'm saying. Typically, Applebee's uh, pays me to show up, um, but I plan on doing an initial uh, one that is free to Applebee's so that you guys will all show up and they can see that it's just as good, if not better, uh, than what we used to have going on. And I think, um, you know, now with COVID restrictions, they can only seat so many people. So, you know, my job used to be to draw a crowd there. We don't want to do that anymore, but we can drum up car side. I don't see why not. Um, So please follow me on social media, you know, Instagram at Cuckoo Magic, which, as I said before, is (laughs) K-O-O-K-O-O-M-A-G-I-C. It's also on Facebook, YouTube. It's all Cuckoo Magic. Awesome. Uh, so follow me on there and then hit that bell that makes you see my notifications. And then mm-hmm. once I've had this developed, you'll see the notification listeners, uh, for one that will be, and I would love it for you guys to attend that zoom show, that specific one, cause that's going to be the one that launches, uh, in theory, uh, in FLB's online relationship, uh, which I hope that for, is so cool. for this time.
1: Yeah, we're hopeful too. I'm excited to see what how that um, evolves. I'll tell you one thing. You've been very creative in continuing to keep yourself busy and practice your craft during this strange, strange time. So kudos to you.
0: Um, I know a
1: lot of people have really struggled and and I've, I've kind of been watching and seeing all the creative ways that you're making it work, you know? So that's super Thank awesome. Um, one thing that I don't want to forget to ask you is... Um, what is your biggest influence on the work that you do now?
0: Mm, that's a really good question because broadly speaking, um, actually speaking of, uh, skills, translating and stuff like, you know, making props is something that I do now. I never quite closed yeah. that, uh, door, uh, when I was describing art school, that's leading cool. into uh, this is, uh, I'm showing Rachel an anvil that I made. Um, this is an example. Um, but, um,
1: see the art degree paying off exactly thank you putting it to
0: you because it's funny i thought um going into it that when i was going to meet these professional magicians i was like i went several years before i met any other professional magicians because i wanted to lay low develop Mm. myself and come out like as a fully formed butterfly
1: Mm -hmm. and mingle
0: with them and uh this is not um me maligning any of the people i know personally but just on a broad sense i learned that not every magician is an artist which i i I took for granted
1: right um
0: you know some some of them are just performers which is also Mm -hmm. an art form uh but i thought that everyone had these workshops and they were building things and uh which there are a lot a lot of them there are a lot of magicians Mm -hmm. like that but i just thought that that was innate uh, which is kind of Mm -hmm. funny um but As far as my current influences go, whether current or not, just overall, when making the act, Acme products are something I'm really into. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, a lot of that stuff comes from Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But just cartoons in general, if you can, I like to be able to watch a cartoon for influence rather than watch other magicians. Uh, sometimes I'll learn a method and I'm like, oh, that can be used to make a cartoon effect. Like, you know, all these people have been coming out with like ways to take a hole and peel it off of something and stick it on something and then that's a hole. And I'm like, yes, I need that routine. That's the cartoon routine. I will do that. Uh, You know, um, or even um, the, you've seen my drawing where I do a drawing and it comes to life and talks. Uh, The method behind that is something that another magician came up with was oh, obviously wow. uh the routine i did the voiceover on that i did the edwin like oh yes oh i love to laugh oh, louder loud and strong and clear all that stuff um i did the voiceover uh and actually now even in the zoom so you've seen i've um there's the character oswald is a puppet you know i which is great i get to do um are, are you familiar with Char- Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy from the early days of like radio and stuff? Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this is, this is the funniest thing to me, and it's so funny that I'm doing it now. Which is, um, Edgar Bergen was a ventriloquist who was very famous for playing himself and this puppet Charlie McCarthy on the radio. that's hilarious yes it's so great uh and um you know i've done some muppet style puppeting i'm not a ventriloquist but i do like some muppet style you've seen like my little paypal um routine Yeah. yeah back and forth uh but now in the zoom show literally there's a footage of oswald talking for the intro and then i get to like do the puzzle portion of the show you know um hey Hey guys, it's time for the puzzle. You know, I would do this other voice, but it's just radio. I'm t- yeah. <laughs> I'm not even moving my hand, let alone. And my lips are moving, and my hand is not moving. Uh, it's just I'm literally doing ventriloquism for radio, and it's uh, I find that hilarious.
1: <laughs> Very ironic, indeed.
0: Yes. Now, before I do go over too long, because I don't want I'm not sure how long is too long. I don't know. Um, i uh, I'm, no. i what I want to say is I thought of something I could do. Magically that could translate to podcast. Yes, please. Should we go there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I got a little pad of paper. Okay. Got a pencil. I've noticed that even if I do write on this because I have this room so well lit, it's like washed out, you can't see it. So I do have are you familiar with my hand? I made these for my socially distanced shows. I use these. I'm gonna give you a nice close up view of what I write so that you can actually tell what it says. Okay. But well, here's here's the idea, here's the idea. I am going to write down a prediction. Okay, now, don't say anything until I ask you the question, okay? you're going to think of a number, a number between one and three mm-hmm. You got that, don't you, okay I'm gonna be no I'm kidding, no, we're gonna go broader. It's gonna be a number between one and one hundred mm-hmm. okay now among my uh learning differences. One of my, um, I have dysgraphia, which is basically a medical term for bad handwriting. (laughs) So hopefully you'll be able to read this. Um, was your number 32? Go ahead. No, no. And I said, I would write a prediction of the thing you're going to say. There it is. What does that say? What does it say, Rachel? No, no. I go. Okay, let's do a real trick now. Okay, there you go. I'll throw that card away. Okay, you said you're on board for the long version. That's part of the long version. Okay. Okay. Now I really want you to think of a number between one and one hundred. Make it a different one, okay? Okay. Not that one. I don't like that
1: one. Got a different one? Mm-hmm.
0: You committed to this. Look. Pencil down. We're locked in. Okay? <laughs> For the first time, Rachel, out loud, tell me, what is what is your number called? 40. 40. Now, it is not 04, which is just a, like a sports way of saying four. It is, in fact, 40. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: You promise? Yeah. Good. Because otherwise, I would not be the greatest magician. Disgraphia <laughs> aside, in the world!
1: Oh my what god! That's a forty. Bingo! Oh. That's amazing. Ah,
0: that, uh, that is <laughs> you're so you're cool. Y'all too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> should we do one more? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I have no it's idea a, how you did because that. Because when I do interviews, people expect me to do uh, magic tricks. So I, I should. I should try. I should try to be prepared for mm-hmm. this kind of thing. Uh, so here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Um, That's amazing. I got a prediction on my phone now. I tried to show this to someone earlier. It was really difficult for them to read off of my phone. I'm very mm-hmm. hopeful that you will be able to actually read this. I have bifocals on, so we're good. Oh, oh, good, 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 good. But I'm just not sure whether the screen can capture this well. I think they said, I made the screen dimmer, and they said it made it worse. I'm going to make it a little brighter. I hope you'll be able to get this. A different number between 1 and 100. Say it out loud. Just right out of the bat. Just say it out of the gate. Right now, 9. 9. Do you want to keep 9, or do you want to change it to any number between 1? And 100. Sure. I'll change it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, uh, what, what's your number? 99. Rachel! No, I'm kidding. It's fine. Okay. 99. Okay, look. I'm going to go into my app, okay? Uh, my notes app. Are you familiar with the notes on your phone? You ever use that? Yeah, sure. Take notes. Absolutely. I have a bunch of different lists. Uh, I'm going yes. to do something so <laughs> we continue. You 99. So that's going to be all the way at the bottom of a list of 100 uh, cartoon lists. The second list here. Cartoon characters. I thought maybe we could keep this, um, you know, true to the topic matter. Can you see all the names and stuff? Yeah. Okay, you can, you can even read them and stuff?
1: Like, kind of ish. <laughs> I'm
0: going to scroll down. Could have been any of these names, right? Uh, like, mm-hmm. what, what's number 45 say? Can you read that?
1: Garfield.
0: Okay, so it could have been Garfield. Could have been with, uh, could have been with 71. I don't know. <laughs> or something. All right. What's 72?
1: I'm running Stimpy.
0: Okay. Very good. Very good. Hopefully you get the actual one. now. could have been anything, anything. I'm just going all the way down. So second from the bottom.
1: Is it Tweety?
0: Yes, it's Tweety. It's Tweety. Uh-huh. Yes. Interesting. Before this Zoom meeting even started, Rachel, I wrote something on a piece of paper. It's been in view this entire time. Do you see it up there, Rachel? Do you see that little what? paper? Do you see it? You turn? Well, yes. it did not say anything on it yet. It's turned the other way. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it to the camera so you can see. Now, just before I turn this over and show it to you, say it again. What was number 99? Tweety. Okay. Now, Rachel, what is written on that? Tweety. Say it Tweety! Tweety. Oh, thank you! Thank you! That's <laughs> You're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> What Would you expect Porky Pig? Oh my <laughs> like God, I love <laughs> But thank you so much for having me, and uh, it was a blast. And I love, thank you so I, much I've, for coming. I've, I've li- I should say I've listened to several episodes of your podcast. Oh, you know I love your art already. Oh, bless your heart! I didn't
1: even, I oh gosh, about it's about such a hot I didn't mess. To talk though. About the
0: hex, but episode two, we talk oh about the hex. We talk about anytime. Uh, there's a lot more. There's anytime. Yes. Yes.
1: It reminds me of my childhood because I don't know what kind of station wagon it oh, is, yeah. but it
0: was because it's of it that time. Reminiscent uh, of Pete
1: you know and
0: Pete, yeah, uh, for sure. Pete and Pete uh, Chevy Chase in the family vacation Christmas. No, yeah, maybe Vegas when they go on the field trip or whatever. The not field trip. Yeah, you're an art teacher. You, you would be thinking of field trip, but yeah, yeah, it's like that type of station wagon. It's an old school <laughs> station wagon. Everyone wants to know: Are there seats in the back that face backward? No, there's not. I'm sorry to disappoint. I wish there were, there aren't. Um, But it's like that, if you can picture it. It has um, my Mm -hmm. blue and green graphics printed on the windows for most of them. Uh, It's purple. Booberry. Booberry purple is the technical name, like the cereal. White top. Acme rocket on the roof. Uh, Red rocket, says Acme on it. Yellow fuse coming off the back. And uh, presently it has up to... um, three bubble blowers facing backwards so that as I pull yeah. away from a place, uh it will blow bubble exhaust. And uh when people stop me I get to say, It's a hybrid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you make did you make the um rocket did you make the um, what was yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> this is the benefit of yeah, speaking, I wonder. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh yes, I made the rocket um if you want, uh, I could, I don't want to go into, I, I, I do want to just keep talking oh, about how I made it and stuff. No, 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 just,
1: <laughs> no. no, I want to know how you made it. I really, really yeah, do. I'll tell and I made how it. It. how's okay. this thing
0: on? Okay. Well, actually, people always ask, because they're like, did the police ever stop you for that thing? And I'll tell mm-hmm. you, the first day I committed to climbing into the car after strapping that thing on there and driving. I was looking around at everything, like, is this actually Mm -hmm. happening? Am I getting away with this? What is happening right now? Um, (laughs) But uh, inside, it is actually a two-by-four structure. And um, the main base is wood. I replace it every year just for good measure, keep it nice and sturdy, uh, which I do seal it in and paint it and all that stuff to keep it weatherproof. But the inside structure is very weatherproof because on the outside of that two-by-four structure – uh, is ducts from Home Depot. So ducts that would normally okay. grow, but it's two of them to make it wide enough. They're, the seam on the top and the seam on the bottom. And then I cut sheet metal cone for the tip. And then I can literally, because I have this wooden structure inside, I can mm-hmm. drill through the sheet metal into the wood.
1: That's amazing. Uh,
0: and put it all on there like that. And you know, obviously the rest is just spray paint and stencils and all that stuff give um, that's your
1: art degree again. Right,
0: right. <laughs> and then the, what it's, it, and I have a long history in art school of, you know, having station wagons, not that were quite that old. This is one I got because I wanted something iconic and something mm-hmm. that my wife would not be mad at me for drilling holes into and stuff. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I got a new car. She just wasn't going to let me do all this personalization that I've been doing because I've changed the whole I so mean, she probably let me change the horn. I have this great go horn. <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. and all that Mm -hmm. stuff Um, but uh, yes it's just actually ratchet straps so I have a long history of using them to move art supplies and you know I have a long history of these curb alerts getting free stuff Uh, Mm -hmm. so I've been stacking things on cars for a long time and I've used that experience to put that rocket on there nice and tight and then the chain that you see there as if it's chained down is just Halloween adventure I guess excuse me spirit Halloween for a Current reference, um, spray painted, or actually now I think I even have dollar store chains. I found ones at the dollar store I painted, and they're just there for decoration, just over top. Wow, that's so cool. And that's with the mini, the mini toys that I'm, uh, I guess also people can know, uh, I do, I should tell people, I do do Zoom shows. You can hire me uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I do socially distanced shows. You can hire me for those. Mm -hmm. Uh, I sell merchandise, including Mm -hmm. magic kits magic wands with instructions, all of which have cuckoo stretching his tongue out right there on the packaging. Uh, I make mini rockets of that rocket. You turn a crank and there's metallic looking sparks that spin out of the back of that. And I personalize those and I give those out to people.
1: Thank you so much for coming and for joining me. And definitely
0: a part two would be a lot of fun. Thank you guys. Thank you. And thank you for having me.